0: So used to be squash for India for about seven and a half years and unfortunately had a really bad ligament there. You were around just IIM grads and you're like, okay, what's this one-off piece doing over here? But then life comes full circle because today for me to actually raise funds is actually how you story tell and sell. We do not care at what time you're at work, what days you want to work. I feel like a celebrated admin in the office fortunate enough to basically be invited to the World Economic Forum last year. Gold is a $1.4 trillion market in in India. Only in India, private stash. Globally, it's $12 trillion.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to the Breaking Uneven podcast. We love to talk shop, uncover the beauty of failures and play a few games. Today we have with us the co-founder and CEO of Spare8, Ronit Hari Singhani. He completed his bachelor's from Jai Hind and then entered the world of finance by interning at EY, Centrum India, and Avendis, and then working as a senior executive at Centrum India as well. Uh, Well, he was still in the finance world, but has his own company called It. Have we missed anything noteworthy from your journey so
0: far? Uh, Absolutely not. I feel this is (laughs) very spot on, but yeah, thanks for the introduction, guys. Perfect. And how are you doing today? Oh, I mean, it's a fairly hectic day at uh, an early morning, but I mean, the weekend, looking forward to the weekend. So all I can say right now. Yeah. He says looking forward, but we're already on the weekend, it is a Saturday.
2: So, so. <laughs> unfortunately a Saturday is hectic, yeah. um, but thank you for giving us your time. Of course. Cool. So let's uh, start off with an icebreaker game, quick little game to understand what you do a little more. So this is called the Twitter pitch challenge. So. Twitter is known for its 280-character limit on each tweet, at least historically, uh, which makes it difficult to convey your thoughts sometimes. And the idea here is it takes about 20 seconds to speak 280 characters. And that's the challenge that we transfer to (laughs) you, (laughs) which is to explain to us spare rate in 20 seconds, but you also need to use one emoji and one hashtag in your tweet. Okay. Got it? Yeah. Cool. So she's got something to intimidate you, which is the timer. Um, and whenever ready, your time starts now.
0: Okay, so at SpareRate, we're trying to build an entire financial inclusion stack with an asset class that everyone's very comfortable with, which is gold. So hence, we let users lease on interest, invest, and save in gold, Period. Um, the emoji will be a rocket, and the hashtag will be our Bindya Karega invest.
1: It was 18 seconds, but I went a little over. But that's pretty good, yeah? Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, perfect. And so before we get into spare rate, a little bit more about um, you and your background. You first interned um, at Central India and then went back as a empl- full-time employee right. uh, after you graduated. So what part of your intoning experience was uh, attractive enough for you to go back to them as a full-time employee
0: okay so uh, let me start by taking a step behind right um so you used to play squash for india for about seven and a half years um pretty much been at it for a like a, 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 a very long time and i think most of the whole discipline piece of it has really kicked in from there and even you know something like before undergrad you know you work your entire life uh, playing a sport and, you know, you want to go to the U.S., you want to go to an League college and unfortunately I had a really bad ligament there, um, so had to be in jail and most of my friends, like literally half of them are either in some of the best colleges in the world, is because Indians are really, really good at the sport. Like up, like you can't compare swimming, table tennis. Like squash is the way. This is a growth hack. Like if you <laughs> want your child to get into an Ivy League, you make them play squash. If they are from India, okay. Um, so yeah, so I was in Jai Hind. Uh So probably 2015, probably the worst or the lowest point of my time. And uh, yeah, that was Jai Hind for me, 2015 to 2018. Uh, Centrum was basically an internship where we used to just go to a lot of clients. Trying, you know, just selling them certain products. Figured this was, even though buy side of finance where most of my interest lied towards. So, a lot of hedge funds, private equity. Uh, figured sales side was the role way to move up the ladder. So, I took the full time opportunity at Centrum Capital, uh, even though I was at Onisnyon Centrum of Vendors. was fun, but you were around just IIM grads you know, like, okay, what is this <laughs> one off piece doing over here, right? And I remember my internship at Avengers was. 2017 I believe so where I was just I mean the youngest everyone everyone was like 28 29 30 and you're like this is not going to work out right now but at Centrum was the selling aspect which also I mean you know we ended up going to U.S. clients structuring certain products for them or uh, selling them a lot of NCDs NCD ICDs you start learning what these products do for you um, funny thing right the way actually we ended up starting up Spare Rate was me just being at one point pretty much going on Google, figuring out certain startups all over the country. And we stumbled upon a research paper called Raise Invest, which is a subsidiary of Acorns in the US, which is in Australia. And we were like, hey, why isn't something like this really built upon in India? Because looking at the payment sector really, you know, blowing off this is the best time to build over here. And at the same time, I was like, hey, Centrum was fun. But there were times I was just in the cabin sitting all day doing nothing. But then life comes full circles because today for me to actually raise funds is actually how you storytell and sell. And where I've really learned selling was at Centrum. Even though I was pretty much bored at one point with that whole, you know, stint. But that's when you realize like whatever you do in your past really leads to you building for the future. And... Yeah, that's how we, you know, essentially got started.
1: Cool. Um, so like you said, it came full Circle and there's a lot that you learned at your stint there. Yeah. But what is one thing that you changed uh, when you started Spare8 in terms of like either employee culture or the way um, you've set up the business that is different to Centrum?
0: Okay, so Centrum was like a hardcore corporate kind of job. Yeah. So you had to be there by nine fifteen. I Every mean, like two minutes late, they would just give like a dirty look and you know? I'm like, why did like, <laughs> I just park my car, like, like At Sparade, we have this one, uh, you know, way of looking at things where we do not care at what time you're at work, yeah. what days you want to work. But today, if you can finish, you know, your entire week's work, worth of work in like two days, who am I to come and taunt you and be like, why aren't you in the office? Because you have already probably stepped up so because it's a flow, right? So you need to firstly create certain flows of processes like that needs to be in place always. It could be probably as simple as, hey, get on a 9.30 or 10 a.m. stand up call and yeah. a stand down call. So like 15 minutes, the entire team comes all hands. It's a slack huddle call. This is something I learned at Centrum, but that was just a very weird kind of WhatsApp call. You can, <laughs> talk. You can put yourself on mute and all. This hurdle is like, you have to keep your videos on. You essentially just speak about three things, what you did yesterday, what you're going to work on today and what are you blocked on? So if you're blocked on something, the foreign person who's going to speak knows that, Hey, there has to be a certain synergy in terms of him working with you and giving you a certain time. Okay. So say we are what, nine or 10 employees today. We just want these folks to tell me these three answers and move on. So it's literally 12 to 15 minutes. You drop off and you start working. There are folks in the company who essentially are a weaker head than engineers. Suppose a design team, right? So if you're suppose creating a front end design and we are trying to launch a new feature, XYZ person has pro- like probably done this feature plus the follow on feature and is just working on improvising the previous ones. Yep. But your engineer, who is actually trying to build it out and push it, and you know, do QA and all, is still going to take two and a half weeks. So this person is probably four weeks ahead already because of the follow-on features already designed and built out. So today, that's where the whole cultural aspect comes into play because you can't just expect the person to come, the person who's already two three weeks ahead of time, and be like, no, do something more, because <laughs> you already like that person has put in probably x um, x number of more hours Correct. to build the follow-on features. It's not her or their fault or his fault, that they're moving fast. right? Yeah. So that's how we look at work culture. Like you want to work three hours, five hours, 10 hours, doesn't care like my co-founder Shards is probably trying to debug something today. But the whole concept of actually putting 14 hours a day, or like hundred hour weeks was initially when you're building it up because of hiring processes, a lot of employees drop off until you really create a core team. So, so if you actually set times, like a, a certain, you know, time frame, say like, like the whole nine to or five, or like 10 to seven or whatever, then people will actually leave at that time. And if yeah. there's something to debug, they'll be like, hey, we'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. But today I can call my backend engineer and be like, hey, at probably 11pm and be like, I needed this one data point. I can't figure it out. Can you help me with it? And he'll actually pull up his, you know, his MongoDB or whatever, his mixed panel data yeah. and give it to me. I'm like, okay, this is what I appreciate. Yeah. Okay. So don't fix timings even like if you're sick let them like let them rest it out if they're burnt out let them rest it out take three days yeah. off but the effort is going to be two weeks after they come on board right or like again resume so that's how it should always be built like ashneegorov i remember him releasing okay. this once. i don't know if this should be the best example here but he was like employees used to chill with me for half an hour thinking that hey they're giving me time or, you know, trying to show that they're around me should get a higher raise. But he's like people who probably have not seen for a you know, week, but I in office just put in the effort, probably get a 50% hike. And the people who are trying to come and butter me up get barely 5% hikes. It's because you could have put in that effort just trying to figure something else out, right? So essentially, times don't matter. Your Your hours don't matter.
1: Yeah, no, fair enough. And I think um, that's also the difference in company culture between corporate and... Also, no. a number
0: of times you end up taking a team out, right? Small team. Yes. It's not like you have to do a weekly thing, but once every month is something we just prefer doing. Like, we have folks who probably not, never eat in sushi. And this is a fact. They do not know what Japanese food is. So like, hey, let's all go for this one meal. Yeah. And that just gets them happy. Like, hey, like, at spare rate when we were there for X number of years, we got to explore this side of it also. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how you just do like very small things that go a very long way.
1: You're just like appreciating yeah. your employees, yeah. which should be a given, yeah. but many times like it's not.
0: And there's no reason to celebrate. It's just like, hey, it's we've launched these three features, we feel it's doing pretty well. Let's just go out. If there's every time there's a milestone, then the number of times we end up going out would be like, high. <laughs> yeah, and that could be like, yeah.
2: you could hit three milestones in two months and party three times. And then suddenly realize for four months, you know, there's nothing, like, happening. nothing yeah, happening. And absolutely. then you've just not gone out. I yeah. totally get what you mean. In fact, a lot of what you said is exactly the way our office works as well. So we've got flexible hours, which means that you can come and leave whenever you want. We ask you to be there for like at least four hours overlap with everyone because You know we huddle a couple of times throughout the day if there's something i'd rather get up from my desk walk over ask you come back rather than having to get you on a call um but a four hour overlap is enough for that right and other than that we do this thing called fun fridays which is notorious for never actually happening on a friday um but that's where the team like every month someone new from the team needs to plan it out for the entire office so it's like you know whether it's going out or like generally we try to do some kind of like games at the office. So they come up with like creative games, right. make people play it. It could be something related to like a trivia about the company, or we've done like Bollywood dress up days, <laughs> and like a whole bunch of stuff, but like giving the team, um, the ownership of that actually helps a lot because then they kind of, they know that if, if we want to like have fun, then we have to participate as much in it as does management, which I think is quite, um, important because it can become very top-down like almost like you're forcing them to have fun in a work environment
0: right um i mean this also dates to the whole like i exactly get what i'm trying to say but you know something i figured off lately is in the whole work from home thing it's i don't want to debate on it but it's <laughs> more about like again my co-founder i feel when he comes to, like he's an early board he has a routine set Sometimes it has to be broken because of the, you know, if there's a bug in the middle of the night, you have to debug it, right? Of course. But for him, it's more like, hey, if like if he comes to Matunga, to Khar, bandra because that's where office is. It's not too far, but dude, when you're, when you're going back at like 7, 8 p.m., oh, you're yeah. pretty much dead. He's <laughs> like, I'm wasting two and a half hours of travel time going and coming cumulatively, whereas like I've just sat at home and figured it out. And that's what he's been doing for the last month and a half. And I'm no one to complain because the amount of work getting got, like I can get hold of him. Yeah. yeah. I can have the team get hold of him. I can, there's a lot of things that's being ticked off on a Jira board because <laughs> he's just actually being in his own zone, right? So I feel that is a very important part of the cultural thing where you just need to give them space and let them figure it out because ultimately, if it's your core team, they will put their neck forward to get things built. Yeah. 100%. Yeah.
2: So you've mentioned two tools till now that right? you've mentioned Slack and Jira. So what are the kind of tools you use um, to make the everyday fluidity better?
0: I would say, firstly, it's, it's a process and then we think of the tools. So, for example, there's a process where it's, I mean, we don't do this very often, but it's more like a monthly thing, once a month thing where you create. It's a X axis, Y axis kind of thing where you're like, hey, The number of hours it takes to the amount of you know effort is going to require to build that process and also how important it is so you put you mark on a scale and whichever falls closest to the central line like hey this is what we need to build and everything that's dispersed around it it's like hey this is important but it's going to take way too much time so you know let's figure something that's going to be built in the next three days and move forward and based on that we start using tools Yes, yeah, so as you said, one of the standard tools um, which we end up using is Jira That is more about to make the stand up more, like, more engaging. Uh, Jira is basically a place where you can assign people certain roles, yeah. certain tasks, and you can see their progress. It shows your whole timeline, it shows your boards, your misses, your engineering sprints. It's a sprint habit kind of thing and we just get on a call, open the Jira board, there are like nine names, 10 names, 12 names, whatever. You click on individual people's names, you can see their progresses. And if it's like, okay, if it's to-do, done, in progress, blocked, or QA, so you can just tag it and assign people and put everything on that document. So that's something we use really like quite often. Slack, I mean, there's nothing much to say there. (laughs) Yeah. For the longest time, everyone was using Slack. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to WhatsApp you. And I mean, why isn't anyone replying? Because everyone's just on Slack. But for me, like on my phone, it's WhatsApp. If I'm on my laptop, it's only slacking, right? So that's, it's just a communication tool. That's all I got to say. And also to get someone on call ASAP, there's nothing better than Slack. You just send them a huddle request and uh, it plays like a really cute music and like, oh, okay, <laughs> that, that person is going to huddle me right now so there's a term we use it's called he's huddling me right now so it's <laughs> like okay you gotta get on this call um yeah and we use mirror board quite often so Miro yeah, okay, board yeah. is basically it's a whiteboard, whiteboard on your yeah. laptop and we just when you want to create and this is surprisingly used very heavily by the tech team mm-hmm. so when they're trying to create a feature and write the entire backend system for it, they create like this whole vertical long diagram just, they yeah. just keep scrolling. <laughs> but it's very clear in terms of what goes next and what's supposed to be avoided. Uh, so yeah, these are a couple of tools we use. So.
2: Miro is a horribly versatile tool. Like it's so good. Um, I used to, when I was working in London as a, as a <clears throat> consultant data analyst, um, we used to use... I've used Miro for creating wireframes. I've used Miro for doing workshops with clients, for again, tracking progress within the team. And yeah, it's just like you can literally do anything with it. And it's just so seamless. And then when you get into like the. It that entire-
0: depends for. Sorry to interrupt. No, it also is- depends for like which part of the team. Like we might be using Mo Engage, like Web Engage, Mix Panel, or uh, Branch Metrics. Like those all the tech piece of it right but for the whole team i feel what you said like yeah these are tools i feel is it's like a must-have yeah right it just makes your life simpler no matter what field you're in right sorry Yeah, no,
2: no sorry. i was just saying yeah, it's a very like you can literally do, literally do anything with it um but so let's let's get into spare eight a little more um and to do that i think it would be good to start with How did you come up with
0: the name? What does the name signify? Okay, so initially we were more like, not were, we still we are a micro investment platform, right? Uh, Specifically focusing into gold. Um, We had initially started with the fun idea of spare change change investing to gold, Uh, but that was more of a way to be like, hey, this is a fun thing, let's get onto the app but that's not our core feature as of yet or till date. So, you know, because the whole spare change thing, we wanted to initially name it like spare it, but we're like, Hey, because, you know, it goes hand in hand with the term micro investment also, but I think so company was already called spare it. And I'm like, Hey, eight is a lucky number. <laughs> it just, it just is very super. We were debating also dad, And I'm like, Hey, which app has a number eight? And it took him like one second or like has it has any number in it? Sorry. Any app that has any number in it? Like, like, let it be, you, you, I was just in my head thinking of like, zero dollar, grow, blah, blah. And I'm like, where's the number you're right. And he's like, there's box eight, there is five pesos. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm going with the number for sure. And eight and eight, was like, it goes very, yeah, yeah, and eight yeah. is a very, very lucky number. I'm not a person to believe in all of that stuff, but it's just been like, <laughs> one all day one, right? <laughs> so I was like, sure, let's like, pair eight. And now if you see, when we actually did a whole branding exercise post the funding round, we figured, it's quite fun. So if you see the current logo, there are these two uh, Tencent coins back dated yep. like, like probably 1900s. So they like two coins stacked on top of each other that like look like an eight. So I was like, Hey, the name I actually created since day one now makes sense with the logo. And it's like coins being stacked, which is like gold coins being stacked on top of each other. So it resonates with the entire theme also, or our vision. So yeah, that's how we came up with the name.
2: Very um, cool, very cool. Um, I mean, just the entire, to see how the journey went from like where it was and now how it is and it still matches and everything. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's so
0: we We went with an agency. It was like, you know, it's quite fun because then you work on a, instead of a campaign, you work on a branding exercise. Yeah. And Abhishek, the one of close friend, was, um, you know, guiding okay. us through this process. And I'm like, what do you mean branding like i like the logo i'll keep it right <laughs> no like you got a figure give them certain like there's a whole document these guys shared with us yep. and we're like why am i supposed to, it's, it's such basic language like okay i want something fun and i'm like what do you how do you make something fun okay and now when you actually see the whole booklet of spare branding exercise you're like holy smoke this is exactly what i thought of yeah. And that document, what I filled with the entire team, has resonated with what they've really built out. I'm like, this goes really ahead in terms of when you're actually doing like a large, probably an IPL campaign or whatever, right? This is how it has to be positioned. And you start, as I said, as a founder, you keep learning something every new, like every three months or every quarter. This was the first point where I figured, like, hey, I didn't know any of this stuff. But now I can at least figure why this is such a crucial yeah. point. Yeah. Or like how like Joe Bhikkha or Bhikkhtai, right? And this is how it's supposed to be done, right? So yeah, that, that was a very fun moment to play along with. Yeah,
1: yeah so when I first actually saw Spare Aid, I thought it would have to do something with like the ball, like Spare ball, isn't it called that? Eight
0: ball pool. Eight ball, Eight pool. ball yeah, pool, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Wow. It was, like, it was like... First
0: time someone's saying this though. Wow.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, and like on this podcast, whenever like, we go down the like the thought process uh, behind a name it's always been so interesting and random so I was like oh is it anything to do with that but it's cool that it was something completely (laughs) different but yeah in terms of like learning something new every couple of months and like just through the process what is one piece of advice that you would give um, yourself when you initially started spirit like if you were to start it all over again at this
0: point, learn how, how to test things out before actually going to market. We are like, hey, we've created this whole platform, now go to market and then figure if someone's gonna use this. Right? <laughs> Which is why we actually must have just like 15 days or 30 days figuring that out. But that's a that's a very wrong approach. And this whole idea thing of uh, speak to customers or like, you know, we have it, some of users, you know, they're liking it, just build for them. Like whatever we like, we we'll build for them. But this is a horrible approach because every time someone actually gives you feedback keep taking that. Even in the initial stages, like do your research, like the market is so vast. Every like third week or something, there's some research paper about your sector. You need to be up to date because if you skip numbers and if you're presenting this to a example, to a fund, you end up (laughs) just being like, okay, why didn't I know this? I've been in this for two years, right? Uh, But as a piece of advice, it's just like, know your shit. (laughs) <laughs> that's it because <laughs> for me i, I was like hey, yeah, i know finance i know trading i know investments i know this asset class but i didn't know the t of tech and initially how I started building i just you know figured this one agency because i was a solo founder for four, for the first four months until oh. shadow came on board and i've known shadow for like a really really long time uh so he was at UCSD, uh, university of california san diego and from uh, like you know he's Basically, graduate in computer science, moves like a techie, talks like a techie, really, <laughs> fun, really fun guy. Um, extremely smart for his age. Like He, knows, he is, has taught me how to set processes. And that goes really, like he I thinks mean, three years down the line. Like, you know, if someone's going to push an update today, and they'd be like, okay, you know, version one, there will be bugs. And then you stare at the screen like a hawk. But that's a very wrong approach because it burns you out faster you need to create test cases and then push out version one probably even if that takes 10 days longer actually it mentally you know doesn't stress you out yeah. yeah and the number of bugs that are going to be recreated will be very few
2: and your detection
0: pattern becomes easier absolutely and that's something like he taught us since day one yeah so back to the whole tech thing right so initially just figure this random tech form through google <laughs> so, okay, these guys and the bath. Pretty cheap. We were bootstrapped back then. Okay, I am mean, yeah, let's get started. Dude, what Vikra built in two and a half months, these guys took eight, eight and a half months, probably nine months. And that's not like, no. and I didn't know anything. Okay, there's a UI designer, there's a product designer, there's a back end, front end, QA. <laughs> everything was there. I'm mean, like, okay, this is solid. It's coming at a fair price. Go ahead with it. The initial app was decent, very decent. But That was just us beta testing it. Like we weren't live in the market by any means. And then Shadi came on board and he literally got a heart attack seeing the code base. (laughs) What I can't understand anything here. So we had to revamp the entire code base. So that's the whole figuring out part, right? Like you need to know your shit. So if you're trying to, don't build something and then be like, hey, I want to go to market and then figure it out. Like figure a thing out, get the right folks to build it because they need to stick with you for the long run.
1: Fair enough, and like it's important, right? Important, right? Like to take a step behind and think about it in like the
0: absolutely long yeah. term, yeah. Like, like, for example, we are going to get into we are, we are an amphi registered company, we were getting we're going to get into mutual funds, and this was literally like day zero. Like me as a solo founder, like no, no employee. And I'm like, yeah, like we just found this, that <laughs> figure like, okay, you need to figure the market out first before just being like, Hey, this is a fun concept, blah, blah, blah. Because we essentially I sent him knew this market exists as the whole micro investment platform. But then when I started deep diving into the gold market, it all made sense because we had certain mentors who've been in the industry for like, I'll take their names later on. But they've made a dent in the fintech sector. And when they tell you certain things, take their advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't be like, oh, yeah, I feel this guy doesn't understand behavior. Like, yeah, you yeah. might be like, oh, I'm not going to do it. So like, the other oh, 500 people are not going to do it. That's a really wrong approach because right. this person has been through thick and thin, has really created, has pivoted, and has, built say, a $5 billion company today. So don't be like, he doesn't know his stuff, yeah. right? So when someone gives advice, at least consider it before moving forward. So that's another piece of advice for sure.
2: Yeah, I feel like a lot of what you, you've spoken about is this concept that's come up on the podcast many times. It's called the entrepreneur trap, which was introduced to us by uh, a founder called James Lowe. And at its essence, the, the trap is that your own confirmation biases and like, you know, your own vision for what you want to build don't let it become so strong that you don't end up like learning from the people around you from your customers etc so we'll get to that later
0: (laughs) like exactly like and you know when you're shipping a certain product or a feature this is a complete app-based kind of advice you essentially if if you get that piece of it wrong you waste six months of your time and your money and your capital and everything so to actually push some, unless it's a very small effort. So you, hence, back to the ex- ex- x-axis. Yeah. I keep on thinking the term, right? But essentially, the whole effort piece of it, if it's going to take low effort and it's high priority, build it. Yeah. right now. But if you're going to waste your time and just keep on pivoting, just to try making a buck of revenue, you're going to be like, okay, where's well, my money going then? We used to
2: call point. it the value
1: complexity matrix at Deloitte. It's
0: called yeah, sure. That's one. There's I'm many in. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, 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 for absolutely. it. Yeah.
1: You mentioned that you were a solo entrepreneur for four months. How was that experience? Scary,
0: because <laughs> you keep looking for validation. Uh, like, you do not know what's happening because you feel like you lost control when you have control. If that makes sense. Yeah. You're like you can pick up the phone scream at this person like where is where's this taking me right but ultimately that exercise that person is only going to take his sweet time and build it out so that was like a lot of figuring out to do but yeah like i mean first thing i would do as a second time founder now would be get your team in place while okay. you're like of course you have the idea in place with solid research with solid you know Not not PMF of course, but like you know this can take you somewhere if you do this in a certain manner. Get someone, like people under underestimate how like as a moat, the most important thing is also hiring. And that's gonna take a lot of time. Like if you get a solid hire, and if that person leaves, you are gonna get into the whole piece of hiring. So it's a continuous effort, right? But if you have someone who can truly like I feel like the Zepto guides, right? What they essentially did now, after raising a bunch of funds, they literally got the Eats head of Asia. I think so. Some, some. I don't like say something wrong, but I think so. That's the term. Yeah. And it's automated. These guys are just at it now by probably going out and like branding themselves out. Yeah. But the whole operation is taken care by a guy who's built it for the last ten years, right? So that moat, your biggest moat is hiring. Yeah. Other people who actually get on board.
2: Interesting. I think yeah. I mean, it's also about as a founder. Initially, yes, you want to be in the in the thick of it, building it and everything. But eventually, you also want to be able to you know kind of uh, give people that ownership and reduce your responsibility.
0: Well said. But so, I feel you know this whole term of CTO, CEO, co-founder. <laughs> dude, you know, initial stages of pre-seed, seed. Even if you raise a, a bunch of, bunch of money the misconception a lot of founders have is like, oh, I'm going to like live my life like Elon Musk. It's, it's a fact. Like They'd be like, okay, you know, speak to my founder's office role. I'm like, why do you have a founder's office role? <laughs> like, why can't I directly reach out to you? You're a team of 10 people. You feel shit at one point. It's not shit. It's the wrong word to use, but you feel like, okay, you, you need to do customer support, which is a good thing. Yeah. So it's not yeah. bad. You need to learn more about a product. You need to do admin work. Paperwork, accounting work, having a constant is very much underestimated. You need to have a account, solid yeah. accounting, but you need to know your accounting. You need to go and get something like your stamp paper. Something as stupid as that, right? Like yeah. I feel like a celebrated admin in the office. <laughs> really? Like I'm trying to like help out the peon who's trying to figure some office supplies. Yeah. To next thing, trying to close a really large deal with someone. And Shahadul is just sitting there and building the product. <laughs> because he's handling is like our entire yeah. most of our team consists of engineers, right? So I'm like, okay, I feel like a solo guy which <laughs> is a couple of marketing folks here. I'm like, okay, like what's gonna happen next? But I feel for being the whole finance sector, for me to set that vision has to be very straight and has to be to the point. Because if you skip anything there, as I told you, you lose six months of yeah. progress, yeah. right? And that people underestimate a lot. If you networking gets you places and how. Yes. Like you put yourself out there with someone who's already built something, it's like, okay, why is this guy with him? Is there an acquisition happening? That like Talks start happening around you and you're like, okay, your name, like your branding also clearly helps the app grow to a certain extent. Right? No, sure. But yeah, that being said, people underestimate or people have a misconception of how they sh- like once they raise funds, how they should really be sell yeah. out there. And that's a really horrible approach. like trying to automate everything. Like, okay, I don't wanna do this. I don't like I just wanna do three things out of fifteen things, other, you know, ten, twelve things are handled by my founder's office role. <laughs> which is horrible. Cause that's a big red flag. And every investor sees that as a that, that as a red flag. So Yeah, just put in the hours, put in the effort. And
2: I think the ideal scenario is you should be able to offload um, tasks to your team enough at a level where you can think about how else to grow the company. Like your mind, your focus should always be on the company. Uh, It's not like you offload tasks and you're chilling on a beach or something. Yeah, I get what you mean. Exactly, that's perfect. And I think people have also this obsession like, when, he's, when when people say, right, like, oh yeah, I'll just um, speak my founder's office role or my EA and stuff like that. I think it's just this obsession that people have to like At grow that, to that like create that yeah, vibe yeah. that I've grown to this level yeah, this quickly. Absolutely. Like it's not needed.
0: It's not. Like you it have makes it lazy. It may, like I, I I do remember there's something else like GitHub's AI or something. Mm-hmm. I forgot their uh, program or whatever it's called.
2: Nightmare AI?
0: No, uh, even Microsoft has something similar. Um, co co-pilot. copilot. Yes. Right. So GitHub Copilot. right? Do is like, I don't use that. It's going to make <laughs> the life easy. Okay. He's like, if I start using this, I'm not going to start coding. Yeah. And and it's, it's nothing. It's like $19 a month. It's nothing. Right. And till date, he's like, I'm like, dude, you need to like, move fast with this product. He's like, no, <laughs> if I do that. Like, as I told you, he thinks three to five years down the line. And, I, like, when I see this, I'm like, holy shit, this guy makes a lot more sense now. Because if you give it to all your engineers, they're just going to sit and use that. Yeah. And they're they going to think that you, you become a lazy coder. And that, uh, like, that's something you never want. From 100%. because It's like writing. I'm, you know, a lot of people use Copilot. Like, the biggest company do use it. And I, I mean, I'm not saying don't use it. You should, like. If you want to move like really, really fast, you essentially need some kind of AI assistant or some kind of help. But don't get be dependent on that platform, yeah. right? Because it ruins our thinking process.
2: Even something as simple as Chat GPT. So even in our office, if someone wants to oh, use it, so... I tell them, okay, you want to have a conversation with Chat GPT, go ahead. Right? Like just kind of someone to bounce ideas off of, use them as that. But that final idea and the final work needs to be done by you.
0: Um, Reverse work it. So what we do is, uh, every month, fifth of every month, we send an investor update. A really detailed. Means like from SEO organic numbers to, uh, like tech misses, tech updates. What are you asking the investor for this month? Uh, special thanks to someone. Like you know, very very detailed investor update, and that goes really long. Okay. We we are like like shall let and me work on this initially, we we're like, hey, okay, you know, chat Gp might just help us figure this out. But no, you write that entire investor update. You put in a prompt where you can be like, hey, uh, Paul, like, in a in the tone of Paul Graham, the one of the guys, yeah, yeah. uh, give us his opinion. And then you edit it on that basis. But you need to sit for that one hour, write your entire yeah. 10 page update. Put it on chat GPT, give it a prompt, so you get better insights. Yeah. Don't be dependent on the fact that you write my investor update and then I'll edit it from there. That's You need to reverse engineer that piece of it. And yeah, that's like, it makes your life or the, or, or the way you frame the document a little better, a little more professional maybe, but don't make that person or that you know assistant do all of it for you. Yeah so yeah you should use it but it makes your life a little better
1: well it benefits you as a person because again like y'all said you become lazy right like then after point there's only so many ideas that you can get out of next you're asking
0: GPT for ideas which is not how you plan the market yeah yeah absolutely
1: and like i think yeah the idea of like i don't know why it is that like founders want to feel that sense of Privilege or I don't know what, where it's like above yeah. the rest and like speak to my like Yeah and this and that. Wouldn't you wanna be closer to like your customers or like your people around or your own?
0: Like if you have like twenty million users on a platform, there's a limited number of customers you'll be speaking with. Uh the only reason you'll have help is to actually like for me right now, even settling daily accounts, right? Or or rather like fund transfers from gold purchases to augment or whatever essentially on a daily basis i'm sitting doing that which is it's it's very crucial to do so but it's not something that can't be automated yeah right it's not going to ruin company culture or be like oh i automated this big yeah, thing yes. of my or, or, or ceo's job no like this is actually accounting purely right so if you have accounts team they will handle this so out yeah. of 15 things one is taken off your list so that's how you look at it if you're building a marketing team privacy or hiring, like like Shardle and me are always going to be doing hiring. Even if we are like x value valued company or how big we are, the last 10 minute call or the last half hour yeah. call has to be like, if it's on the product side, probably the last half hour will be, will be done by, by me. If it's completely tech, a project will be given by Shardle. But that always has to be done, even if you're a tech company. Because yeah. ultimately, if, if it flows down to like a 500 person team, that end person also should be like, I got to approach the founder, yeah. I got to converse with him or her, <laughs> I got to understand his or her vision. And that's how I want to stick around now. Otherwise, if it's some person who's recently joined the company taking your interview, as a final round or like, why? Yeah. Like I want to speak to the person who's actually building this. And it's, it's also like respecting the other person. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it really depends again, which sector, which field um, yeah, so that's...
1: Agreed, and also like if you are part of that call, you learn more about what the founder wants from this company and like that helps an employee to also be like, okay, I connect with this. or so I want, yeah. like that's, I share the same vision. Yeah.
0: Un- until it's a co-team, I don't feel so everyone can resonate or connect yeah. the way you just said it, right? Or like put out the vision, vision yeah. the way it should be said.
2: 100%. Right? Yeah. I think it's also important as a founder to kind of... Do it yourself, and then hand it over. If at all, like for example, with accounting, if you've never done it yourself, no you one don't... in the company
0: can like these flows how we've made. Like someone has like now, of course, we've got people to help us settle that as there one of the fifty tasks, and it's probably taken it off my box. But those forty nine tasks, which were also in my head, has pretty much I wouldn't say automate, but it's. It makes a dent in terms of how you look at a financial, how you project things. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a master when it comes to accounting. I know how like I know more than the basics, I would like to say, which is another other uh, very important trait. But ultimately when you're actually projecting, you can't just go with random numbers. And exactly. that's why you anyways needed someone to do that. You might as give them that additional task to which which is a 10-minute thing, right? So that's how you look at automation. But at things. that point,
2: you know exactly, you know, you know the difficulties that person goes through because you've done it yourself. You Absolutely. know the skill they're Absolutely. bringing to the table,
0: so you respect them more. Like that's how you have a CTO. Like yeah. for Shagal, if you hire someone new, he's going to sit with that person for a week. It might not waste his time, but probably extend the timeline for the current feature he's working on. Yeah. But that one week is so crucial for the full year. Yeah. Because he's going to show him what exactly was the problem he faced, which that guy might take X number of hours or weeks more to figure out.
2: Yeah. It's short term so, effort for a yeah, long
0: term. Absolutely. Game. Yeah.
2: Cool. Let's go to our next game. We're back okay. to game. So this one's called Two Truths and a Lie. And basically, the idea here is you give us three statements, uh, amongst which Two of them are true. And one of them is a lie. And then we have to guess which is the lie. Okay. And these know. statements can be anything about your personal journey, challenges, achievements, something to do with the company entirely. Um, okay.
0: Do you guys think I've had five meals in four days with the founder of Paytm um, met Tony Blair? Uh, got a token or a gift from Peter Thiel after pitching him a certain idea on how to mobilize gold.
1: I think the second one is a lie. That's the one I'm. Yeah, you
2: know, I'm the gonna me, go with but... that. You've met Tony Blair. That's no. a lie. No, that's a truth? That's the truth?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, oh. that was crazy.
2: So we still, we can still try one. It's so true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Is it Vijay Shekhar Sharma or, or? I'm gonna Peter go Thiel? with the.
1: I'm gonna go with the gift. You think that's a lie?
2: Yeah. I'll go with five meals in four days. Maybe it's four meals in four days. No <laughs> no. Smart.
0: Uh, no, <laughs> the third one's a lie. Okay. Oh,
1: so nice. Five meals in four days. Yeah. So, you We're know, conversation
0: uh, okay. So I was fortunate enough to basically be invited to the World Economic Forum last year, and even this, like in 2024 Jan again. Uh, it's nuts. Like that. I mean, pretty much know about of, about the WEF since probably seventh grade, right? When you if you do economics yes. or just study business, you know about this place. Um so yeah, that was quite a lucky thing that happened. And that place has like India has a big presence there. So yeah. there's like a Maharashtra Lounge, India Lounge, Saudi Lounge. We have big companies set, you know, their branding systems over there. Uh so yeah. Connect with him over there. Pretty friendly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> went for a bunch of meals and just like three of us, four of us, one on one, certain roundtables. Uh, yes, that happened.
1: Very cool. Uh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah.
0: When you right. met Tony Blair, I'm <laughs> there also.
2: Yeah. Ah. Oh, is that nice?
0: I mean, that's. So if once you start like speaking about what Davos does to you once you're there. You might feel like this guy is just speaking (laughs) lies. Like trust me, this is still toned down.
2: Oh no, no, no! I know. I've heard a lot. of...
0: discuss off camera will be very different. I know. I know. know. I've heard many stories
2: from. Open your
0: eyes in terms of this world actually exists. Like what people speak about, they aren't lying.
2: We're actually in the process of um, conceptualizing a similar property for India. Like, how do you take, because like, we have a lot of things that happen in India, like the ET summit, etc, but none of them are even like, not even 1% at the level of what, uh, like, what attending, what going to Davos does to you? Like, and I'm talking about the intangible, like feeling you feel when you leave from there. I feel
0: it's more about that. That's one way of putting it. But it's more about, it's also the place, right? Like, it's like this three, four kilometer stretch. Yeah. And these chalets are just there. It's just a, it's it's an experience by itself. It, it's no, it's negative 14 degrees. you are just walking on ice. Trying to go from <laughs> one meeting to another, figuring stuff out, events. It, so much is happening over there. It's also I'm telling you, it's the place. I think the place <laughs> matters more than yeah, uh, yeah right. just who you're gonna invite, right? Like the people will be like, we don't wanna come for this particular event, and you'd be like, dude, it's like probably. The top ten richest person who is sitting <laughs> like with you here, yeah. and he's just randomly talking of food, like, <laughs> bro. Like, and some person doesn't know this guy, and you just laughing at another person. Like, what's happening here? Right? You're just figuring like, what's this world? But you can't compare in terms of how the setup is, the yeah. kind of money that's spent there in those in those five days. We'll speak about it later on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wanna throw numbers.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. Fair. But um, yeah, so moving on to our next game. It's called Red Flags. We're going to give you three situations. And in each of the situations, there are two great points and one red flag. We've, ad- we've adapted these situations for Spirit and yourself. And then you have to choose which situation you would rather be in. Cool. So situation one, Spirit is reaching close to 10 million monthly active users. Uh, Spare8 experienced rapid revenue growth, tripling its annual earnings within the next two years. But there has been increased employee burnout within spare eight. Situation 2, you have a compelling offer for acquisition. You have expanded to multiple different digital assets. But spare eight has not been able to raise another round of fun- funding. Situation 3, spare eight has identified a significant international market for their product and is poised to capitalize on this opportunity. You now have a team of 50 people, but expanding internationally has brought complex regulat- regulatory hurdles.
0: Okay, definitely. another so, third point. <laughs> uh, uh, I would definitely go with the first point any day. Yeah. The first situation, sorry, which is 10 million monthly active resource. Cause that by itself puts you up on international standard, like no one. Yeah. Wrote. Yeah. Um, rapid revenue growth, tripling annual earnings, biggest green flag in this market for any any company, not for fintech, even more. Even more. Yeah. <laughs> and that would B two C fintech means it, it's the top funnel. Yeah. Uh, within the next, okay, okay, that's interesting. See, employee burnout, you can deal with.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I, like, even you can't like pressure and be like, you know, yeah. take off, come back. No, but there are certain ways of going like, I feel out of all of this, this would not hamper the company vision. Yeah. Uh, Your name in the market. Uh, I mean, people would still want to be a part of you because they're like, hey, this company is going to be making money since that's point number two. Um, That's also very so employee burnout is a very vast or a very broad term. Like, if you talk about employee culture, that's the, okay. So you, you know, like then think of the situation one way differently. But if you're like just burnout, seven like go for a really long two week break.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: and literally that motive, like at Centrum, I remember. I don't like make this too long, but I remember if you did certain targets. And you need it really hard to push for these targets, they will, they will give like free trips to the <laughs> buyer. I'm like, central? <laughs> wow. And literally like, okay, you get uh, M1 back then, like M1 MacBook Pro and I'm like, dude, that's fun. Like, I would want to work for this for sure. And you use all the resources, contacts, push it out and that works. Like, you're stressed out of your head. You're like, I cannot do this, but you just do it for that thing what you've always dreamt of having. Yeah. You just got to figure out for every employer, every sector, where the employee is working, what's the thing they want to do or dream of. Like, I know this one company, a uh, very, very close friend on It's another startup that's raised a bunch of funds. He essentially has employees who've never traveled within India also, who've never stayed at of, probably a five star property you know, some like certain like these kind of things actually helps you not like the employer wants to stick around longer. Yeah.
2: And right. I think there's a lot of people in the world and, and a lot of employees who are to work harder to be rewarded accordingly. Like yeah. they have like, you know, like Absolutely. especially we as Indians, we've been like brought up as kind of like hustlers, we all have an insane amount of work, energy and ethic. And the, the like we've had this with a lot of people oh, telling us yes. at the office that like when we tell them hey like you know it's been a tough week why don't you take it easy now? next week they're like no oh, we we're fine like it's not been a tough week and they just want to be rewarded accordingly yeah, yeah, and that's easily good enough for them
0: yeah like i feel the whole like for example into the consultancy space okay uh not management consultancy mainly strategic consultancy the kind of perks you end up getting is you can't it. And like, I just read some article a couple of days ago, the founder of Citadel, one of the largest, most successful hedge fund in the world, and I would love to meet this guy if I could ever could, Ken Griffin. Um he just sponsored some twelve or two, twenty three hundred or twelve hundred families within Citadel's like family employees and the entire family, flew them all to Tokyo, to Disneyland for like oh, four nice. days. Mm-hmm. Wow. Not on, on his personal tab, like wow. not on Citadel's tab. So that's where people go to that height to actually take care of their employees yeah. and people understand like, to counter the third point is very important. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it's yeah. important. I think like, yeah, the discrepancy is when they are working hard, but they're not rewarded uh, enough. That's where like the burnout really Absolutely. matters. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like balancing both of that to find like the method in. For this thing, like piece of order, you know, for it to work.
2: It's a mental thing. Absolutely. Like, burnout is a mental Absolutely. thing. So, as long as you're not, like, if you're being rewarded, you you have the. And you happy need to understand,
0: like, everyone is going to be burnt out. It's not <laughs> yeah. like you'll work for one year and leave. No, you are going to burn out. So, you have to have a strategy to figure. Out. So, yeah.
2: Okay. Cool. Let's go to our last section. This is the rapid fire. Um, Self explanatory, <laughs> like, quick, uh, you know, short phased answers so let's begin how many all-nighters did you pull in your first year of spare eight
0: countless really can't. <laughs> can't. and I, also i'm a somewhat like nocturnal so oh, okay pretty oh, much okay. if you ping me at 3am i'll be there <laughs> so then the question should be how many early mornings Very,
2: very limited. <laughs> <laughs> how many days of leave have you taken in the last year
0: uh okay can't specifically give a number because uh for me when i travel like say if i go to bangalore that's also like I'm going for an investor meet. I'll probably take a day off to just meet a few friends. But it's it's a work meeting which turns out to be like a vacation, like not vacation, sorry, but more like a yeah a day off. A day right? off. Uh, that's how we look at taking. So it's day kind off. of
2: blended, but you found the balance and your are yeah. Nice. Uh, what is the scrappiest thing that you have done to build your business?
0: Scrappiest thing. Uh, so we are trying to like test with not pivot, but we are trying to test this one feature out where uh, we could. Uh, essentially, keep these QRs at Kirana's and you could tip yourself. Uh, as a customer, you could go and tip yourself in gold. So, uh, actually, convincing a Kirana to use a SaaS product or like, uh, <laughs> put a QR without them knowing what is the step and pay and goal, it's, it's the hardest crash course you can ever do. Uh, yeah, that's the scrappiest thing you must have done.
2: Yeah. Nice. Uh, have you ever questioned whether it was worth it?
0: Every time, <laughs> very very often, and you just gotta think of the larger picture. Yeah. People fail to understand the term "think big." Just think big, and you're pretty much taken care of.
2: Yeah, awesome. What was your proudest moment with Spare8?
0: I mean, uh, raising funds is always a proud moment. Actually, as you a know, first-time founder, uh, yeah. Even though you come from a, a good family background, like that, like if when if I start speaking about how we end up raising funds. It, it makes me smile because I was like, okay, that was a real effort to put in,
2: Yeah.
0: but the proudest moment would definitely be like the features we are launching right now is something that no one's really done in the market. Okay. Uh, and being one of the first ones to create structures in the financial world is very, very intriguing. It's very interesting. It blows you like how at this stage you can only do that, but yeah.
2: Nice. Yeah. Nice. What is the weirdest place from where you have worked?
0: I mean, I don't prefer working, I, like, if I'm working, I'd rather be in a spot I'm very comfortable. So oh, your place would be I mean, if I'm traveling, like I'm just stuck somewhere in a mountain, man. <laughs> I still I want to work there. But I, I think for in Davos only like the bare minimum <laughs> connection, you're just figuring out uh, the stand up again. But yeah, that, that's all I could say.
2: Fair enough. What was your biggest sacrifice to make Spare Aid
0: possible? My dream has always been to like not be in India now it's completely opposite after building this out but not was never really impressed with how this could really move forward so want to always go abroad anywhere settle their work from there or uh, either as of like getting to venture capital or hedge funds or whatever uh, so like deep inside i still do feel that piece of me wants some of it <laughs> but yeah that i feel was a sacrifice initially
2: fair enough what was an oh shit moment for you good or
0: bad Guru's, when uh, initially when uh, digital gold, I mean, it's an unregulated product, but when Sebi told uh, brokers that could not sell it, so like Grow and PayTM, money could not sell digital gold, you're like, hey, we have a larger share to capture. we like, holy shit, like, this is why we can actually you know, start building this out even better. So it was a aha moment.
2: Nice. Amazing. Uh, what was the one time you felt like, you let's ferry it down?
0: when there are burnouts, uh, you essentially feel like you're not putting that kind of effort. Sometimes you end up going to office a little later, where every employee of yours is just there and is waiting for you because yeah. there's something that's blocked for a really long time or say a couple of days. And unless you resolve for it, the things are going to go ahead. So it could be like, maybe sometimes being slow in terms of procuring, so paper to actually get the hiring process going. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it's not a bad moment. But it's like, yeah, those days were there.
2: Interesting. What, uh, would you ever
0: retire? Jokingly, always told parents aren't <laughs> retired This like a very young age. And like they're like, you're gonna like, get at you if you ever do that. Because <laughs> you, you don't know, you don't understand like, there's so much to be built around or to explore. So I wouldn't say retire, retire, but uh, always have been for the investment, like for the like a part of the investment sector since really long, so exploring that sector is something I would always keep on doing. So even if I'm a solo person, like looking at different opportunities in the investment space is something that's gonna be forever.
2: Yeah. Uh, which hobby of yours did your work in?
0: I was pretty active in terms of like playing sports. Oh. I haven't visited the gym in a while. <laughs> and that's where I actually start learning from Shadal work-life balance, where you need to set a routine. Yeah. Uh, which I'm trying to work on.
2: Fair enough. Books or podcasts? Podcasts. iPads or notebooks?
0: Uh, notebooks to write, iPads to read, like scroll through.
2: Nice. Yes. Um, we do have a question which says morning person or night owl, but that's been answered. So <laughs> the uh, I'll just move on to the next one, which is what's your favorite social media?
0: LinkedIn. Not because mm-hmm. I use it often, but it's it's the piece of advice I give every person who's in college. You need to start building a social your LinkedIn presence, and yes. that puts you leaps and bounds ahead, man. It's nuts. It does. It does. Yeah. It's it's,
2: a, it's. I mean, it it there needs to be some kind of digital presence, whether depending on your career path, it could be on Instagram, like might be more fruitful, absolutely, fruitful absolutely. or LinkedIn yeah. might be more fruitful, but it is, at, in today's day, it is important. But I feel if like,
0: you're reaching out to someone who you always dreamt of being a part of with, actually also the sector, right? But LinkedIn does that for you. hundred
2: yeah. yeah. percent. Yeah. LinkedIn and then like, obviously for creative people, Instagram DM and stuff like that, like for reaching out, absolutely. but yeah. yeah so that concludes the rapid fire segment but we're not like at the end of our conversation there's one more thing left which is we asked every we asked every guest to ask our next guest a question right so we're just going to play for you the question from our previous guest
0: uh if you were to touch lives would you put a number to it and if yes whatever number it is 100 few lakhs how would you do it you know, what would you want to do that you can touch uh, a number that you have in mind so many lives in your in, in your lifetime. So firstly you just need to get started. Okay. That's always the path to you know if you dream of anything just just do it. Then you start figuring out. But going to market is another ball game, but just start, right? For us the number because we are in B2C uh, or like I mean directly retail, right? I'm I'm just gonna make a little longer answer here. No. Um so the reason to do gold is also so at Centrum you're only going to like ultra my clients, the rich keep on making more money. I'm yeah. like hey, like back in college, so I used to invest or dab in a lot of trading, future options, made a lot of money, lost a lot of money, been through <laughs> most of the ups and downs there. Uh, a lot of friends used to be like, hey, where do we get started from? So I feel a piece of me also wanting to do a whole auto-investment kind of uh, model was because everyone was like, okay, what do we do next? And people fail to understand that when you're truly creating for tier two India or for the larger segment, so correlating with spare aid, I would like, like the number would be bonkers, probably 500, 600 million. If there's, if that number is there, which is 100% there, the,
2: the one um, who asked you the question his his number is 1 billion. So 1 million, billion. 1 billion,
0: 1 billion. <laughs> okay, for for global numbers, sure. Just for India is what I'm talking about yeah, five six for sure. But um, the reason for it is also, as I said, it's a gold, right? You walk on the road, ask a random dude, what's an ETF? He'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so you're asking what is Sona? What's the response going to be? Yeah, they know it. So when you're truly creating something for Tier Two India, you have to get yeah, start with the asset class they're very comfortable with, and it's gold. Now, when we try to create this whole platform of um, financial inclusion, something I've not at Centrum again. You pick up the phone, call a random person, try selling Centrum to them, and be, be like, "Hey, we want to you know meet you for investments." They'll cut the call. You pick up, pick up a phone and be like, "Hey, we are calling you to give you a loan." They'll like, "Okay, tell me more," because India like deep credit pen- penetration is there. It's it's very much needed, right? And something. Personally, I've never resonated with it because never been through as a child, I've never really looked at, oh, we need a loan for this. Yeah. So it's either there or we figure out out to get that, right. But if you start exploring, speaking to users, you're like, hey, this too. So gold is a $1.4 trillion market in, in India, only in India private stash. globally, it's $12 trillion. It's more wow. than any asset class that really exists. Mobilizing that in India has been very bad. Yet, yeah. so people have launched H, like the government has launched SGBs, blah blah blah, but locked in the late years. People have we don't put that much, like money aside yeah. for that long. So we recently came up with a product called Gold Leasing. Where we created APIs for a exchange where we essentially let you lease as little as three thousand rupees or 0.5 grams of gold, and you earn up to 15 or 16 percent interest in a gold investment. So we lease that to jewelers where we've Taking care of bank guarantees and corporate guarantees. So you are basically secured up to 105%. So you lease 3,000 bucks and you make. So gold grows. People don't know this. Gold grows 7% year on year, K goes since the last 10 yeah. or 15 years. Yeah. Right? So just invest in gold. If you're getting <laughs> started, why are you trying to dabble into options? Like you are going to lose money if, as a first time investor. And the larger market already holds gold in, in a physical format. So to mobilize that by leasing it is what we've tried to really really create over here. And we know how to digitize this whole platform extremely well. Now the part is to master distribution, which we are building on, right? Um, and why I feel this can change lives is because gold is the only asset class that you can bring the entire financial inclusion stack into one. So to give an example, suppose mutual funds you invest. You can collect that and take credit, but you cannot lease it, you cannot gift it, you cannot or uh, get physical yeah. delivery of it yeah. right. In digital gold, you can, if you make a user save, you can invest as well as one buck, Okay, in digital gold. After you hit a certain threshold, you can also physical gold delivery in the form of any jewelry, any bar, any coin. So India wants physical gold, yeah. but they can't store it. So you avoid that. But when they need it, you can provide them for the same. You can lease your existing digital gold, make up to additional 5-6% interest, which is the 16% growth. You can collateralize that, give them credit, and there's a very 3350 tons of gold has been given as gold loans, like basically collateralized and have the ticket zone. And that number is huge, like 70 tons of gold is 35,000 crores. So, 3350 tons, I don't know the numbers right now, but (laughs) you can like add them right? So, as I said, from savings to investing to wealth creation to loan. Globalization, gifting gold. I can type on name, I can type Anuj or Lee, Type a number. Click thousand bucks of gold. Click send. You get the gold right now within seconds. Yeah, let's test. 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 <laughs> we, can, we can do it. We'll okay. do that. <laughs> sure. And like that's how you know versatile it is. Or how like easy it is to use this platform. Uh, and because everyone knows this asset class, they are very comfortable to use it. So yeah. I feel to get to the point one, which is how do you touch or make a difference to lives, is basically getting them started with investments, right? And that has to be done with this asset class, it can't be with any other asset class because the onboarding process is very, very time consuming for any of the asset class, over so here he it's under 30 seconds. You have a true color, it takes up, pulls out all the data, you just put a PIN code on your age, that's it. And you get started.
1: That's true. I tried it yesterday. It was less, like, yeah, it was 30 seconds.
0: Yeah. Like, With others, it's like over oh, do KYC, it's a three and a half minute yeah, dropout yeah. is very high. So, you know, okay, it's very funny because we look at design as a way to actually target the user. Now, very interesting data point you have, you must have seen the share button on WhatsApp or any of the other platform. Yep. It's like the paper sign. Yeah. Now you might assume everyone knows that paper sign, like you will see your papers and you'll like, okay, I'm gonna share it with someone because I need to click that to share it. Right. right. But when you're truly doing UX research for Tier two Tier three India, they did not know what the next button is. Forget share button. They did not know what K-Y- the K of KYC is. Right. They did not know like as I said the paper is not the share button for them, it's a placement of a, of where the share button is on the Facebook app and they will resonate the same with okay that being similarly on this platform because that's the largest social media platform used. So you need to start taking UX research insights from other large, you know, apps after you figure this out. So when you're actually creating buttons on the app, it has to be done in a very subtle manner, which people don't think of. So that's the level of thinking you go into while building such a process. So hence, when you're touching lives, <laughs> there's a lot that plays around. Yes. Yeah. First thing is to start like, and I feel this makes you a better person, right? Like because such a diverse asset class, you can just with this you can go to a tarnish and be like, or currently and be like, okay, I want this gold right now. I have access to it. You're making money out of it. You're earning interest out of it. You're doing so much with it, right? And that depend, like you're not dependent on anything, but you're just automatically investing. You're going about your life, and at one point, it's more like, okay, this was there, and this is going to make me understand more as a step further. So, if you eventually want to get into equity, then I'll do it. But I feel for the larger population to get started with this is the best way to move
2: forward. I know.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that's, that's yeah. the end of our conversation. Ronit, thank you thank so, you so much.
1: much. Thanks for having me. We're going to link in the description if anyone wants to um, check it out. They can do that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It was absolutely lovely having you on.